Hey, this is Ro. And this is Joe. And we talk about the black and white of things. The gray area. Also known as untold racism. Yes, and here we are back in 2021. Man, our last podcast was January of 2020. I know, a long time ago. What did you say, a decade ago? Yeah, the year 2020 was a 12-month decade. What has changed for you? Man, uh, so I'm back in my second master's program. Um, I've started to work out more. Same. Uh, uh, Very recent. Yeah. Last two weeks. but Oh, no, no, no. Like all of 2020, I spent a lot of time focused on uh, counting uh, counting calories or ridding myself of calories, I should say, uh, focused on meditation, just getting back to things that I know uh, take me to my Zen place. So right. I did a lot of that in 2020, uh, which is important. For yes, 2020. It, that that's what prompted me to get to go back uh, to school to get a second master's degree so I can do what I need to do. Yeah. Good. How about you? What's changed or what what transpired in 2020 for you? Well, 2020, I was back in Pennsylvania for that whole year. Yeah. So, I mean, just being there from then till now, I'm back in Atlanta, which I'm excited about. I'm so happy. And I guess what changed for me is I didn't work out as much when I went back to Pennsylvania, but I walk. I always get my steps in. Right. But... I mean, as far as the podcast and everything, you know, we wanted to get back to it. We but did. We didn't. We actually tried. I know. Uh, Zoom's a... Yeah, we don't like Zoom, Zoom podcasting. Wasn't, it was different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think maybe if our editing skills were better, like as far as what we had to do tech-wise maybe, but... Yeah. A lot goes into a podcast, man. You know, you know what we did different with that podcast, though? We tried to script it. Super scripted. And we were just like all over the place. (laughs) Listening to or reading um, critiques about the Roe and Joe show and how maybe we were a little too high school-esque or... um, Cursed too much or joked. Honestly, um, this is who we are and those who will gravitate will gravitate and those who don't, deuces. Yeah, see you later. (laughs) Don't listen. Right. Because there's little gems in there. Of course. And, you know, you have to, we have to laugh. I mean, if you don't laugh, you'll spend your life crying. I mean, shh. I mean, and some of it's the irony of some of life's, some of this shit called life is actually funny. It is. Even though it's bad, it's like so crazy. It's, you got to laugh. You're just like, wow. (laughs) 2020 wowed me. Man, from pandemic to pandemonium to... To just... Okay, so that <laughs> takes me to this question. Okay, so, here we go. <laughs> okay, so from our podcast... When did always, we start? We okay. started our podcast in the beginning of 2019. Okay, okay, all right. So good. from that day that we started our podcast, of course, we've always been in the mind. We, we, we realize racism exists. White fragility blew my mind. But from our original podcast and then 2020 happened. Yes. It was like, did we write 2020? <laughs> <laughs> did we manifest 2020 into our lives? 
but I, but it had collectively we all did. I I think so anyway. If we go back to the collective conscious and how yeah. we all you know how it all comes together, then surely. But my God, my thoughts, my thoughts have changed. I really can't really pinpoint exactly how or why. But I'm going to start with you. Like what, from your perspective on racism and. And and we stick we'll stick with America for right now. Okay. Um, as far as what has changed for you, basically, like what? Absolutely nothing. Um, absolutely nothing has changed, and I say that because historically, there have always been moments that will bring the masses together. Say, you know. I was listening to, and here I go off track, but it's gonna it's gonna bring me back to the middle road. I was listening to middle uh, road. That's where we need to be, honey. <laughs> You're a centrist, uh, but I was listening to my nephew who does virtual learning. I was listening to his teacher speak about uh, Martin Luther King Jr., and I got a little irritated. Uh, she's a white lady, and she's praising Martin Luther King and how we should all, you know get along and Martin Luther King had a dream. And I feel like at that moment, I felt like Martin Luther King for white people. <sighs> it's like the commercial it's it, pop for white people. Maybe like, I don't know. It's, it's like, like crisscross for white people. He's their go-to like he's their, um, what do you call it? what you look to as an example. So Martin Luther King is this for white people. He's the end all be all of what uh, we should all be. But then there's reality. So there's Martin Luther King and his speech for white people. And then there's what happened to George Floyd in 2020. Right. Um, and so from the black perspective, Absolutely nothing has changed because, you know, we saw members of Congress and Nancy Pelosi with their African <laughs> garb on and shit like that. And, you know, everybody, I, I even said it like my husband and I, we'd go for walks and white people would yell across the street. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's like, man, this shit is crazy. But I feel like, you know, can we just stay in those moments instead of letting those moments fade away? Like, can, can you always just ask me how I'm doing from across the street? Not just right. because something, some social injustice happened or some injustice happened and it caused a social uprising. I need you to be consistent with me. Miss White Lady. I right. mean, no. Well, no, no, I get it. Consistency <laughs> how about you? is everything. I, I mean, mean, nothing's changed. We, here we are. We're in 2021. Uh, I Yeah, and when I said anything changed as far, I just meant you're like your perspective on. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing's uh, well, changed. How about you? Do I think what, how I change? The only thing I could say that changed is I really, like I was always, I hate to say anti-government. I, I, I never really had a strong belief in government. I think that they have their own agenda separate from us and we're just a pawn in that agenda. I think you've kind of and I've, I've always come over. I, you, I think you've held my hand and pulled me over to that. I've I've <laughs> always thought that, but I but at the same time in my mind I was never 100% sure. At the same time in my mind I was like maybe there's a like if I could just make white people realize that white fragility is real and <laughs> right, right, you know right. there's a possibility of of us all living kumbaya, but 
2020 made me realize that it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. 2020 made me realize that our government for sure is not for us. And they use our emotions against us to separate us even farther to create divides. They create divides. They use the media as their marketing tool. They use social media as their marketing tool. And the only people that really have the power to do a lot of things about that are the people with a lot of money, the 1%. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't um, really do them justice for us all to get along. So whether even if black and white people one day can coexist peacefully, there will be the other divide, which will be po a political divide. There will be the virus divide, mask shamers, mask wearers. There's going to be the divide on anti-vaxxers, vaxxers. So there's always going to be a divide. So I'm not saying I give up on humanity, but I am still waiting for the aliens to come because <laughs> you know what? I respect their ugliness on the outside because they wear their ugliness on the outside and humans are just so... It's all about perception. Whoever has the best Snapchat filter wins. I just feel like we have become a world of you believe what you see, and if you what you if you see what you like, if it's pretty enough, and enough people believe in that, you'll believe it too. Wow! And that's where I, I've that twenty twenty has definitely changed me forever. And then there was last week in the. Insurrection at oh, the Capitol. Um, but, so I don't want to uh, get, you mentioned politics, and I don't even want to get into that. Uh, I just want people to know to keep an open mind. Anything is possible. And if 2020 has not taught us that anything is possible, you know, you have to keep an open mind. Because when you don't keep an open mind, that's when the ugliness begins. That's when people get shut out. That's when groups of hateful people and good people collide where, and there's probably a compilation of like all these different groups that it doesn't have to get that, that far. We when just have to learn how to keep an open mind and respect someone's opinion. Maybe of oh, someone who may not want to wear a mask or don't believe. Uh, the only thing I can say about that in disagreements, mm -hmm. um, and the Rowan show, Joe show or untold racism is what it is because we don't always see eye to eye no, on sure, of course. situations. And we um, can get along still. Exactly. You don't hold it against me. No, not at all. No, you. no, no. We understand that we are individuals with right. individual, uh, Thought process. uh, processes and ideas. Processes. Um, <laughs> shout out to the recesses of my psyche i'm just gonna leave that there anyway <laughs> um i feel like everyone should wear a mask just because of um the virus and what it is and because we've had pandemics um historically uh i'm not gonna shame anyone who doesn't wear a mask but i as far as empathy and just keeping the keeping the collective in mind like you know it's almost like when the AIDS epidemic happened and if you didn't wear a condom like are you having sex with me without a condom and and is it okay I, I don't know I'm not going to shame anybody but I do I am a staunch supporter of well, mask masks, wearing but if masks work the numbers wouldn't keep going up and because we, I would say the majority wear the masks I wear the mask 
I don't want to wear the mask. I, I mean, don't. but when I, I have ran into a quick trip before without a mask on by accident, you know, at times. Oh my God, I did that. And I, and I go and in I, and no one gives me a cow. hard time. I have not gotten, now in Pennsylvania, I went to the grocery store without a mask and they gave, I said, you know, thank you. And I said, have a good day. And they looked at me like they wanted to kill me. <sighs> but I mean, it, it was what it, I got. I just walked out of the store. However, Masks, obviously, if they worked, our numbers won't keep growing. And people wear these masks, and, I mean, they don't, they don't, it's like, uh, it's like a, a chain link fence keeping out mosquitoes. But if that, <laughs> if, if it makes you feel, feel better, better, I do it on the strength. If it makes people feel better, I will wear a mask. I get where you're coming from. And yeah. that's where, you know, empathy, and that's where empathy starts. But then it, it's also like... When do you stop doing what makes you feel good and what you th think is right for other people? Well, so I, I don't know, but it, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. That part of it doesn't matter. If wearing a mask makes people feel safe, I'd rather the person standing beside me feel safe with me around than make them feel uncomfortable. Well, I think when you ask the question, what you said just a few seconds ago about doing, you know, making yourself feel okay, doing what you want to do because it's what that would, that could take us back to the racism conversation and white supremacy and white fragility. And, you know, if you think you are better than me because of the color of your skin and you refuse to see my plight or my pain because this is who you are and this is what you believe in and you feel that you're right about your supremacy and my inferiority then that's an issue but that has nothing to do with wearing a mask no i'm just saying but i get what you're saying and it goes back to keeping an open mind. Right. Being, but being are people able to oh, wait, do that? Am I allowed to use the word empathy? Now, don't go. So she took a class. <laughs> I do want to talk about that. Yes. Yeah, we have to talk about that. Of class. course you're allowed okay. to use the word empathy in my presence. Thank I am you. a big proponent and purporter of empathy. I love it. And just, just define empathy for me probably know it off the top of your head better uh, I mean, not off the top of my head but um if i could give an analogy it's like putting the shoe putting your shoe putting my foot in your shoe or however it goes you know i'm not at a least great. trying to yes under understanding what someone else is going through period or, yes even if you can't just feeling sad that they feel sad or feeling like pain if they feel pain and not even you might not feel it physically, but just understanding understanding what I'm going through and where I am and how it feels and being nice to me because of it. Or, right. you know, like you said, understanding. Right. I, I mean, I could pull out the dictionary definition. So, so should I get into the racial equity class that I took? Please do, because uh, we had a conversation. And I, that class really... You know, if that's what they're teaching, you know, white people on how to not be, um, what do they call them, and if, to be anti-racist. Because a lot of that popped up. I f a, a lot of anti-racist. Uh, yeah, came up in 2020. Yes, right? yes. So. Um, Classes and. Good. I mean. Blogs. That's one good thing that came up in 2020 is, you know. Whatever the motives were for the media and whatever everything was about, 
white there are white people out there that truly opened up their eyes. I'm I would hope that a lot of people woke a lot of people up in 2020. You know, I to racism. Right. So, I mean, if anything good came out of it, even though it was hate, 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 but there was also, it made people that were in denial of its existence fully aware. Exactly. Fully, fully aware. Whether they, some but guess what of. it would have taken them to, to really be aware and understand and try to stay awake after 2020? Empathy. But, hey, the psychological identification with or vicarious experiencing of the feelings, thoughts, or attitudes of another. There Empathy. you go. So you, in order to, to, really, to really recognize that the hate and the shit is real from seeing it on the media and social media on 2020, that white person would have had to have Empathy. the ability to, to, empathize. to empathize. So Get back to your class. Let's get yes. back to racial <laughs> equity class. I won't name the class because I don't want to call them out because – you know, in essence, I'm I'm hoping that their motives is to make a change. Well, can I ask just going into why did you take the class? Well, I was looking for a class that maybe would help me, you know, because like I always said to you, sometimes I have trouble articulating my thoughts and my feelings right. in a way that people don't get angry because I tend to piss people off so sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'd just be like, that's racist. <laughs> You racist bastard. You know, you have white fragility. You know, and, and that's not going to make anybody listen to me. Right. And we do this podcast. So I thought if I could learn some gems from them to pass on, then it would be good. You know, whatever I can learn. I, I can't be a white person and just think, oh, I do a podcast and, and I, I made it. I'm just no longer racist. I am just the best white person. Oh, my I can't, God. You That's can't what I get love there. about you. Yeah. You know, so it's a process. It's a, it's a process, and there's always things to learn. And I like to learn about black history. I like to learn, you know, and I have a book that I want to get out. Also, we got to get back to the flashcard so we can have a party and do a game. Okay. You know, but anyway, let me stop being a goldfish. So um, what was I saying? We were talking about the Oh, class. so the class. So the first thing in the class that I heard was the capitalist, hetero, atriarchy. The capitalist hetero atriarchy. Is that a word, atriarchy? I have Am no I, archae idea. What is that word I'm looking for? Uh, articulation. Do you see? <laughs> Needless to say, capitalist and heterosexual was the first thing that uh, the first two words that I heard coming in your out anti of anti-racist class in my anti-racist <laughs> class. So I'm like, hmm, this doesn't really make any sense. But I get it; it goes hand in hand, which we've discussed in 2019. Yes. And then you know it was um, a lot of uh, some like. Basically, what I took from what they were saying, there was like that, to me, it was semantics. Like, you can't use that word. They were so focused on certain words you were no longer allowed to use, and empathy was one of them. Hmm. And there, they would, it was like they created more boxes to put people in, and I'm thinking in my mind, we're here about racism, racism. but we're talking about all these other constructs you know, and that's maybe that's what stuck out to me to, the most because I'm just like I don't. Ding, you know, ding, they talked ding, about ding. My favorite they word, talked a lot about yeah they talked a lot about capitalism, 
you know, heterosexuality, of course, they got into like, you know, that binary, non-binary, you know, pronouns and things like that. And I'm thinking, where does the racism start? Right. And then another weird thing was that they put all the black people in the room and the white people in the room. And when when the white people stopped their little discussion, he was like, don't go bother the black people because they have to process. And I'm just like, I don't process think... Process what? I don't know. And I just don't... I just felt kind of insulted for the black people because I'm like, I don't think they're like these little eggshells in there that if a white person goes in and they're talking, that their strength is going to collapse by my presence <laughs> and they're no longer going to be able to process their pain oh because a white God. person has entered their presence. I mean, I just didn't, I, I just felt like it, the, they were trying to make it, make you like fragile, like these black women fragile by my presence. And I just feel like that's kind of the fucking problem. Exactly. Like you're not, uh, you're just as strong as a white person. Like it's, he, do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Like he made it like. You were so sensitive, and we had to let y'all process pain of these of the dec- centuries of, you know, your ancestors, and a white person couldn't go in. And so that's going to happen at an anti-racism <laughs> class with how many people, and that's going to save the whole. It it was just black population. I'm trying America. to think of other, and I felt like there was a lot of weirdness. Like this one guy said that his five year old son his five-year-old son was watching a superhero movie and and asked his dad why are all the superheroes always good-looking white men (laughs) you fucking liar how dare you come to this class and lie oh my god because i don't care what anybody says he was lying no five-year-old even knows what a good looking white man is. Like you don't wait, so was this person five, black or white? He was a white guy. Oh my god. But so when you're five, I I mean, my kids are have been five like it was a long time ago <laughs> since I had a five year old in my presence to really remember even well, when they I learned had their a five year old in my presence and he was pretty up to par, but I don't think at that five he would, would he have no, recognized no, a good looking no man ma'am. on television no and then ma'am. separated him by his color of his skin Mm-mm. and then and then put together that all of the superheroes on the movies no. were that were that subconsciously maybe. I don't even know. But the good looking part is what made me think do kids, five-year-olds even say good-looking? No. Boy, he's good-looking. She's good-looking. <laughs> I mean, do they? No. I, I just found it. I mean, I've had, enough, I have, I've had enough children, and I have enough nieces and nephews to know <laughs> that that is not something that comes up in casual conversation while watching any movie. Right. No, ma'am. And I just really felt that um, that class was... It didn't really teach me anything. That was what I was going to ask you. Uh, it taught me uh, absolutely nothing. I've learned. I learned a couple Black history facts, but my takeaways were more that that's that class isn't going to help the average person learn about being an anti-racist. They're teaching social construct. They're teaching more social constructs, in my opinion, than they actually are teaching to get rid of them. And I was really disappointed in the class. I mean. I uh, respect their hustle and I respect what they're trying to do. Hustle? Did they charge you for the class? Um, no, oh, it okay, was free, okay, but they okay. do they do ask for donations. Of course, of course. 
and then when I said respect their hustle, it wasn't meaning like for money. I respect their what hustle. What they're trying to do. You know, if, if what they're, what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yes. Because I just, I, I kind of am sick of hearing people correlate racism along the lines of the whole heterosexual. Because it's not the same. It's not the same. Being black is not the same as, as the other be, things that right. go on with people. That's like saying being black is the same as being singled out because you're fat or being black's the same as being singled out because you have blue eyes. Right. But it was a good analogy for, you know, Jane. Jane Elliott. I mean, it was amazing that. But shouts show. to Jane Elliott. I know. We only, she's the white, the one, my son-in-law says she's the only white woman that he listens to. <laughs> um, well. Yeah. So. That's enough about my rant about the RE class. I, I got nothing well, out I of it. Think Maybe I th- just a black history class I would have I feel like but. in 2020 a lot of that popped up. I said that earlier about people creating spaces for uh, comfortable conversations about race and racism. Um, but were they any good because you experienced it, what you I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. I felt like... Because I didn't say the right thing. I think they, I feel like they got like irritated with me a couple times more than made me feel comfortable to like the one guy was like, um, what did I say? I said, maybe some white people need this class more than others. And he was like, what makes you, um, like better than them? And he was right ultimately. But there was a lot of times that I just felt like more just like the whole when I said be empathetic. No. Oh, and I also said these words like what is it with the focus on these words? And everybody's like words are words matter. Words are important. And they are. They I are, get it. But, but that's I not going to change verbiage. Uh we can walk around here like robots and be programmed to say all the right fucking words, but if our heart and our minds still think there the same go, way, Joe. there you go. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. So what you just said completely. I, they didn't. Yeah, they taught me words, and they they basically taught more more boxes to check. <sighs> the boxes. Well, um. What are we going to do moving forward? Because I think uh, in a few of our podcasts from 2019, we said it over and over again that, you know, talking about racism and the things that we reported on, it became psychologically taxing. Right. And, you know, we started the podcast with a mission to bring the masses together but if you, you even said it, you said at the beginning of the podcast that you don't think anything's going to change. So then where does that leave people who like us, who, who really, you know, desire the whole Rodney King, can we all just get along type of society? I think we should just keep on podcasting and maybe telling, sometimes tell good, tell stories of of a pos- positivity of people coming together and doing positive things. And just basically maybe are discussing um, open-mindedness and examples of what's not. That's, I like that. I like that. Being open-minded versus staying in your closed mind box. 
Right. And how can we avoid, and like you always say, how can we avoid politics at this point, which, oh, I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about politics either, but it's almost impossible not to. And to become a 40-something-year-old person and... I don't want to focus on it anymore. And then be become so passionate about politics because, like you said, the media, you know, what's pushed. We don't know what, what agenda, why they're pushing it. Do they really care or do they just pushing it for their own agenda? That's where I'm at with it. Like, I, I, just, I just don't know. I don't know either, but I, what I do know is that I am a divine entity and I don't want to be controlled by anything outside of myself. Exactly. Um, so when we think about democracies and communism <laughs> and fascism and it's all so controlled, it, it's, it's, it's their constructs, like you said, put in place as a means of controlling, uh, the population and individuals and individuality. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's all right. And the more that concerning. the more government gets involved in our lives, the more control that they have. But even in the control, because you know, you can add religion to politics. I oh, can. for sure. You can add religion yeah. to divide and conquer. That's yeah, what they yeah, want. Yeah. Exactly. You know? and, and involved in the story of Albert Wilson, which I can't find information. So if anybody hears this podcast and has information on Albert Wilson was the young um, black man who was charged with rape by an all white jury. Um, no DNA found in a rape kit of him. The only DNA found on her was on her chest, and it was saliva. Wow. And I know that he's had an appeals court, can't find any information on what happened there. But, like, I just want to tell stories that show that our judicial system is screwed up. I want to hear more about mindfulness. I think we should get into that, and that's, that's, that's like, my that's, thing. That's, that's your thing, thing, and I think that's it's very important. Thing. I think it's... Probably the most important because if you are mindful, some people refer to it as hippy dippies, but if you really look at hippy dippy people, they are kind. They are mindful. They are positive. They stay focused. I they I mean they used to call get, it hippy dippy, but it's not. It's a real thing. I'm just giving it saying hippy dippy for the people who may not understand what we're saying. But the whole yoga mindset, meditation, it's very important because the more focused and centered you are as a person, the more you realize those boxes just don't even matter. It creates a space for open-mindedness is what it exactly. does. Yeah. Um, so I'm going... You need to teach us. Well, man. here's the thing. In, back in graduate school, again, um, I'm going I'm gonna get a degree in... Um, become a mental a clinical mental health counselor so I'm learning that um counseling was pretty much oh my god uh, journey that I'm on and I'm in these these courses and I'm learning about you know how counseling began and pretty much counseling uh, was erected to guide rich white men or well-educated men, white men with money into finding, you know, employment during a certain time. And right now the focus um, in counseling is to become more diverse and multicultural. Um, 
And so when we think of mindfulness, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just want our people, my people, this is Ro, the black one. I want us to um, really put that into. Do you think that's not as popular in the black community? Like mindfulness, like yoga, because <laughs> I do yoga and I don't, um, you don't see a lot of black girls in yoga or black men. And that I've done yoga in Atlanta at a, you know, and in Richmond, Virginia, and I don't see it, but <laughs> well, mindfulness does not, yoga does not equate to being mindful. Look, <laughs> I am mindful because I do yoga. <laughs> let's not, let's get that together. They're okay. separate entities. Um, right. But, but did, yoga can definitely, I did a yoga class with you and it was you definitely, did. yes. And you liked it. I loved it. I, exactly. It, it brought me, it, it, it brought me to Zen. It, it, it truly did. You. But, um, mindfulness is important because it does it it keeps you in the now um and everyone knows because our last podcast was about uh sickle cell right and so any of our followers know that i lost my first love to that but being mindful is a part of how i cope um right during the you know I, I think grieving the loss of a loved one is lifelong. I don't think that you ever get over it, but you have to have tools to get you through. Right. Um, and so mindfulness is definitely at the top of of my toolkit and meditation. But definitely now on Twitter, I do see that there are some black people um, in groups that do gravitate, but you're right. So when you, when I think mindfulness, I don't necessarily think, oh, I can go to such and such as place because when we go to these places like saunas or meditation centers or for yoga, things that get you centered, the demographic is made up of mostly white, right? Not Which, people of color. There are not a lot of people of color in those spaces at all. But it's totally necessary. Well, I think you should open a yoga, a yoga studio and a mindful studio. <laughs> you, you're expecting a lot. From me. <laughs> I, I just want. I'm always coming up with something. I, I think you should you do. you are. You can I, tell me to shut up anytime. <laughs> I just want to counsel um, because I, I, I feel, but counseling and integrating those techniques into you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and whatever else I should run into on this journey to becoming a clinical mental health counselor, definitely mindfulness will be something that I, you know, imp try and implement into my treatment plans with those who seek out my services for I'm very mental for health. Can soothing. I still use your services? Isn't this like a conflict of interest? I'm a little disappointed you know, that remember, you're not going to be able to so, be my therapist. I, Joe and I met. Well, maybe it's a, my, you're my free therapist. Hey, Ha-ha. because I was talking to Trish. She texted me. Remember Trish? We worked together. Oh, she moved to Alaska. She moved, yeah. So she texted me and I told her that I was, and she was like, so you can be my therapist. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Everybody's got problems. You problem. can be her therapist easier, though. <laughs> Why? Because she don't probably text you as much with problems <laughs> as I do. We all got issues. <laughs> I'm like, bro, oh, help me, please. Because you're my voice of reason. Yeah. That, I've always called you my voice of reason. Yeah, that's a big. Oh, uh, what was the other one? Chief editor in chief. Yeah, those are big, big. Well, own it. Yeah. 
You can be that for me. It's not. You can own that for well, me. Who the hell am I for myself? I ain't gonna hold you to it. <laughs> big shoes to fill. <laughs> a big thong to wear. You're like, look, I don't want to be your voice of reason, bitch. Get out of my face. I'm your co-host. No, I'm Calm good. down. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I love it. I love it. Anything, and it's always been like that for me. Like any advice that I can give to someone that will help them through. And I truly believe that people really don't want you to tell them what to do. They just want to talk. Right. People just want to talk. They don't really want your advice. Just listen to me. And I'm becoming better. I'm becoming a better listener. Well, I kind of like to be told. But I get there are not a lot of people, people like don't. you, though. No, I yeah, know. I like to be people. tell and me then, your honest opinion. Tell me what I can do. And then when you do tell them, they're going to do the opposite anyway. Right. And then you, you know, I can, I, I like to wear the, um, I told you so badge on my chest. Cause, yeah. cause that always happens. <laughs> I told you so. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I do, I want to, we, I think we should talk, you know, more about that, but still, we're still going to stick to the stories. Yes. And we're still going to stick to the headlines. We're trying to, we're going to try to avoid politics of, at all possible, even though like the whole, you brought up the Capitol yeah but and that was unreal and it's unreal <laughs> what's going on can we talk about the social dilemma so i watched that yes I, talk because, about it. no just because i watched the social dilemma in um, september and i deleted my twitter <laughs> and i deleted my instagram and i deleted my linkedin and the only social media platform that i really missed was twitter right. and so my children are like mom just so i created another twitter and I only have like 11 followers. <laughs> you did pretty good on Twitter, though. You shouldn't have did that. I, you know, but but I got it. Like, I got what they were saying on social media. No. Like, well, you mentioned it. Like, yeah. we're all robots. And and um, the the news that we get is is basically, what's that word? Like, they feed it to you. So there's a... Um, we're being spoon-fed but what it is that you prefer to look at. So like the algorithm. Yes, yeah, the algorithm. Mm -hmm. So if if you're a conspiracy theorist, then they're going to continue to throw those conspiracy theories in your face. And it feeds whatever monster it is in you that believes in conspiracy theories. Right. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call conspiracy theorists people monsters and that you have a monster inside. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I think we all have a monster yes, on definitely. our shoulder. Whether you want to call him the devil, so, the monster. So the social media, like I got it. And I'm just one of those people. That's one of my, you know, we all have shit that we, that we don't, are not proud of. And I'm one of those people. Like I'm an in the moment, oh shit, this is fucking with me. So I'm going to get rid of it yeah. type of person. Right. And then like I'm the, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. And then you want it back. And then I want it but back. But did you feel, but how long did you go without? I went without, let me see, when did I create my new Twitter? Because there are days that I I did feel good. I felt great, actually. I didn't feel as if I was missing anything. Um, so I created this. I joined in November of 2020. So September, October, not even fucking 90 days. But you <laughs> you fiend. did more than 30 days? I did more than you 30 You did days. more than most people can do. And, and honestly, when I get back on, when I'm on Twitter, it's just the same shit that I, I you know, because I joined, we, we joined the same time, 2016. So we joined in 2016 and we saw how, you know, 
the progression of politics and how the left became the left and the right became oh. the right. And then it was the far left and then it was the far right. And, and now it's just this big, ugly monster. And I still see that. And that part of social media doesn't, it, it, I didn't miss that at all. But what I do miss or did miss, <laughs> and I am appreciative of is fucking people humans are funny they get on my nerves and i hate them but fucking twitter is hilarious yeah, so if you're I having mean, a bad day you can run into a tweet that will crack you the but fuck you up. can run into a tweet that'll piss you the hell off too yeah but i don't yeah. even though i don't get a lot i don't do a lot on twitter i did tweet today but I don't get, I could be naked on Twitter and nobody's <laughs> going to like the damn thing. Well, I think that's I don't what think you, anybody even sees my Twitter get, posts. And I post things now and I don't get any, I don't get any feedback. But for me, it's, it's almost like a diary. Like, you know, you have a thought and you tweet it and yeah. then you just go about your business. I don't even care about the likes at this point. Um, I did in 2016 and, and up until I deleted it. But, um. But you are right. Like, if you're going to do it, don't get so involved. Yeah, in the, yeah, yeah. In you the can't get involved. Glamour in... metrics of it all. Yeah. Because really, they mean nothing. Even in marketing, you can have ten thousand likes, but if those ten thousand likes don't even live in the area where you want people to buy your stuff, they're pointless. Well, there you go. So you know, so, so likes are pointless. People. It's more about engagement, right? And meeting like-minded individuals. So if you can find some way on social media to just have a group that helps you do something, like Facebook. I mean, I don't like Facebook, but there's some Facebook groups that I truly learn from, and that's more for like my career type of learning, right? Right. You right. know, but I just really equate Facebook with the hood. I feel Facebook, like Facebook is, is the Facebook hood. is just Facebook. Like, so Twitter's kind of like the main feed and then Facebook takes the stuff from Twitter and repurposes it on there. And, and like Facebook's where people always have the dumbass opinions, but then Twitter thinks Twitter people are know-it-alls. <laughs> I mean, my God. Well, you know. <laughs> you got to bow down to Twitter. These poor, I mean, famous, I mean, look, Cardi B had to apologize for having a dinner. Like, I wish she wouldn't have apologized. I would have, if she was my friend, I'd have cursed her the hell out. <laughs> Don't apologize right. for your life. Be because you. that's, Do you. those people on Twitter, like, it ain't right. But you, they will take down a business. I mean, social media will destroy culture. your business. Yeah. And that's pretty sad. And, and it's sad where we're at with that. Oh, but. you did tweet. What does being an empowered woman look like to you? Well, because a friend of mine... Um, a dear friend who she wants to get more into doing things for in women empowerment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love women, don't get me wrong, but I just think that's a, I don't really, I've never really thought much about women empowerment. So then I started thinking about it and I'm like, what does a, an empowered woman look like? So I was, I just wanted to know what some people think an empowered woman looks like hmm. to them. Well, I can answer what an Go empowered ahead, woman me. I would love to know like your to opinion. Me. So empowerment for me means being allowed to be who I am 100% in the space that I'm in at the moment. Um, so I have a goal. My goal is to get this degree and become an entrepreneur and open my own practice and blah, 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 blah. That's um, my empowerment. Through what I'm going to do, that's a vehicle for me to empower other people through healing and, you know, anything that um, allows you, the individual, to feel 
that you are invincible, that you can do whatever. There's no doubt, you know, that's empowerment. So empowerment for me just means what it is, being powerful in whatever it is that you're doing in the space that you're in at the moment, you know. So, you know, and not being afraid of the powers that be and, and just being comfortable in what you've chosen, Whatever it is, right. you know, a sex work. Have you ever been to Diamonds? I don't think it's open anymore. No. I, I How many strip clubs have I been to? The little Atlanta? town where I'm from, there was, a, they, they were, I, and I don't want to degrade women since we're actually talking and that's about a, women that, empowerment. Empowerment, but, yeah. But, you know, they were just little hole in the wall, bring your own beer kind of strip. And they were like 90 pounds. They would just basically bop their tits around. I'm like, well, I can do that. But anyway, when I, the first strip club I seen in Atlanta I mean, they were gymnasts. It took physical <laughs> strength and actual talent yeah. to do what they're doing. I'm like, Jesus, this is actually talent. Like, I could never. I saw. I mean, I, I don't even want to fight a stripper. This bitch got upper <laughs> arm strength like I never seen before. I was at the like, pink pony. I'm going to respect yeah, them from now I, on. Yes, I saw a female on the pole, and she had, she was extended outwards but her legs were she was connected to the pole by her legs yeah. and her legs only and, and i was like just That's like some amazing yes. shit and then they got the other girls just flying down <laughs> bouncing on her and they stay there i, I love mean, the strip club i miss the strip club it was i fun. love going to the strip club with my husband you have to go with your significant other well I, i'll try but i don't know if he'll want to go oh i love it it's amazing anyway so that's empowerment so you know let 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 the lady let the woman feel that she is right in whatever her space is that's why i said strippers because a lot of people it's it's actually good good so basically a woman who's doing what she wants to do living her purpose yes. her way yes and and no one can basically tell her shit exactly that's okay. that's women empowerment woman's empowerment to me yeah so basically me, I got to figure out what empowers me. Exactly. And I'm I think, not sure if I 100% know. I, I have a clue, but I, I'm not sure if I'm 100% there yet. Yeah, you need to go. So I keep pushing Joe to go back to school because she's so super passionate about social justice and the Man, judicial I system. And I think she should become an attorney. <sighs> and I'm going to keep pushing until something happens. Well, I have the winning mega million in my back pocket <laughs> shit don't we so all? then i'll go because then i can afford to live i would literally have to do law school full-time though who's going to take care of me and i hate to be controlled so i hate to depend on somebody so that would be awful yeah i get it but but i think that's what i, I wish i, I think could if i had it to do all over that would be uh, everything you know that's the worst thing in the world to say is isn't there I something we can over. come up with that you could help me figure out that i could do when help someone social ju- in social justice without well maybe being a you lawyer? should um, become a paralegal i don't know uh. Oh, see. They work too hard and don't get paid near enough. I mean, that's all I'm of us, I'm not working though. for peanuts, man. That's all of us. We work too hard and don't get paid enough. But I you know. can't worry about the pay because no, if that it's would your be, passion, it would be my according passion, to the right. people, then, you know, you won't even... It'll the be, money comes yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I that's your it. passion, and that's what you need to work. It on. is my passion. I know. I know. I know. I'm really je- jealous of Kim Kardashian for that. She just gets to go become a lawyer like so easy. Or move to California. 
No thanks. <laughs> they can keep California. I do want to visit. We're we got to plan our trip. I, know, I am I, driving down that Pacific let's Coast go, Highway let's go, let's by go. the end of this let's year. Go. Let's seriously do it, even if we have to fucking wear a mask. We will by the end of the year. I follow this um, young lady on Twitter. She is her name is Marin. She's an astrologer, and uh-huh. she does she's she's done these TikTok videos that have basically for told of what was going to happen in politics and she's been fucking spot on oh i'll have to fo- she have a twitter i don't have tiktok yeah i she do does. have tiktok she does. But i don't watch she, it she does have a twitter but she says that um uh, in between may and august or something everything will be open for business and we'll be back to being human beings and free but then because we've been so lax because we're going to be really laxed between May and August that by the winter time we'll be back at mask well the who masks. said this is just the first virus the deadliest one is yet to come and you know why they know that because uh it's owned by Bill Gates and he's planning our next oh virus God, and we'll end with that like my husband <laughs> okay well all I, right I'm, so. I think we've been I think our time has come because if you take me down that hole I'll go crazy so we still have social media platforms that you can um, interact with us on yes. that is untold racism it's Instagram so what is the handle for that at Untold Racism, that's one thing with our name change, it's so much easier. They are all Untold Racism. There's no underscore, dot, the, N is it, A-N-D. <laughs> like, there's none of that anymore. It's just at Untold Racism. Oh, wait a minute. Is it that same way on Twitter? I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's not the Rowan Joe show? No, I'm I just double it. checking. I'm pretty sure you I changed did. it? I'm pretty sure I did. You are awesome. The only thing I didn't change was YouTube because we don't really ever do it. Yeah, we don't fuck with you. Oh, yeah, it is. It's at Untold Racism on Twitter. They're all pretty simple. We haven't done much on these social media platforms. We haven't done because. Well, we haven't been podcasting. No, the decade that was 2020, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. So that was the decade or the 12 month decade that was necessary for us to figure out who we want to be as we move forward. Right. And it gave and 2020 had like some days I would be have so much anxiety from just watching the things that were going on. And I, and it's not a way to, you know, you can be creative in your own home, but sometimes like I just, I did some, we did some Instagram. Posts. We did. We did. We did. But we did yeah, we needed a, a it, break. Yeah. It, it's, it was draining. Yeah. You talk about this every day. It's depressing. It really is. And you have to have you. What is the um, the uh, key phrase or the key term now is self-care. So, you know, right. in yeah. order for us to do some self-care, we had to step away. Right. And then yeah. I'm white. And then I'm like side, I'm side-eyeing <laughs> no every shit, white sure. person. So I'm like, Jesus. And I'm around more white. So all I did, side-eye, white, white fragility, white fragility. I was shit. going a little crazy. I had to get myself together. So, oh, yeah. As a black person, I just roll with the punches like we always. I'm like, grow out, and she's like, "Well, I know, I, I, we already know. You're just now knowing. <laughs> I know, yeah, I, know. I know, and I'm like, I God know. damn it, God damn, it's hard. But, but yeah. you do okay. We're we're wrapping up, but I do want to say that there are us black folks who are annoying as fuck with this whole thing because they go overboard with the whole. You need to know. 
you know, everything is bec- what was that? We- oh, you talking about when I said when I, I, I said everyone who died in 2020 rest in peace. And the black girl said, you sound like an all lives matter. <laughs> and I, mean, I was so mad. Yeah, I was like, like, you know what? I'm not back the fuck up with that people. Like just take it for what it is. There's no need to dive deep into every fucking thing. Or yeah, the George person- Floyd died in 2020. You crazy lady. Right. And so did Breonna Taylor. And so did a lot of other black people. So Ahmaud, that meant Aubrey, nothing. I yeah. felt like resting in peace. COVID was just, I hate COVID. So I just wanted to make sure everybody rested in peace in 2020 because COVID stole everybody's shine. Right, right. And not only that, but the the chick who said something about white fragility and Robin D'Angelo profiting off of. Oh, that was the other problem I had with REI. Yes. Yeah. They really, they didn't like her. They were mad that she, they said that she, they were basically mad that a white woman capitalized off of of writing a book on white fragility. I mean, well, fuck, don't shoot the messenger. What? Just get the message, people. That's Why? what I thought. Yeah, I was like, like, she couldn't help it. She I, And she didn't write that book now. She didn't do it when it was a trending topic. She wrote that book exactly. before it was trending, exactly. just like our podcast. So, you know, I felt like you're really all... Be- and he kept saying, I have a friend who said it better and she didn't make any money. Are you more mad that she made money or... I mean, what are you actually mad at? Exactly. And and if you're if you hate capitalism so much, then just be don't I don't understand. I just don't understand how you can be I under well, I do understand there's a problem with capitalism, but I also still want to have the ability to make as much damn money as I want. Right. So without it, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's another subject. We might want to dwell in, delve into one day. Yeah, yeah. Delve, yeah. dwell, dive. I don't know what the word <laughs> it's is. A, the D word. I'm going to take a, a word class. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so are we wrapping? We are wrapping up. Are we going to promise another episode of the Rowan Joe Show? The next episode won't be, when we do it, it will be on one topic. Today, we just decided to fucking freestyle. Right, which I always want to fucking freestyle. I but we're have more of freestyle a... Freestyle on one. One, one, one topic. specific topic. Yes, we were yes. just reintroducing ourselves to yes, y'all. Yes. And we aren't the Rowan Joe show anymore. Got it together, man. Oh, fuck. We're on told racism. Untold racism. No, but we are still Rowan Joe. Yes, we and we're are. We're still Rowan Joe show. So. Still row. All right. So Wrapping we hope up. everyone stays safe. Stays uh, focused. Stays focused. Be mindful. Be mindful. Keep your mind open. Keep Be open-minded. Stay in your damn lane, white Stay folks. Stay in your damn lane, white people, and the black people who like to... Get in my lane about me resting in peace, everybody. <laughs> that part. <laughs> Until next time, friends. Untold racism. Bye. Deuces.